Hey, 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 everybody. This is Tyler. This is Danny. And this is Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk to you about horror movies. This week will be Willy's Wonderland. But we got to get to the getting stoned part first. Time for our green hits. Danny, as always, you brought me a J today. What's this J I'm about to, well, that I already lit up and that I'm about to hit for like the third time? Nice. So this is one I've brought over several times, and I believe you have as well, but went over to Flower, picked up Lemon Lava once again, and for those who do not know, this is considered a sativa-dominant hybrid, and with that, it is created through the crossing of lemon heads and lava cake strains, and now it is named after its delicious flavor so with that being said lemon you're gonna of course get those lemon notes citrusy notes this one it's noted because it is high in myrcene as well of course as limonene and the caryophylline over at flower THC comes in somewhere around 28 percent thing I like about this one it is a sativa you know gets you going have an upper so can't complain I need that right now. I need the the weed to make me all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And guess what? You're smoking the same thing. (laughs) Went over to Flower this morning, and it was like right when the shit got in. So I I actually didn't get my hands on a six-pack because they were still like taking shit out. I don't think they had uncovered them yet. So yeah, I got got a couple (laughs) of them singles. Have just have some J's today, but yeah. So you already named off all the shit about yeah, dude. So. That's entertaining. You know, with this green hit, I, I want to point out that this weekend we did go see Nope. We did. And normally we would do like a little, like tiny little 20 minute review and like put that up on the Patreon. I'm not going to lie. I kind of feel like we should just hold off and do a full episode as soon as it drops on video because I, I kind of want to talk about that movie. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. I'll say that much. So the short version is I enjoyed it enough that I want to talk about it later. Agreed. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do with that. But, well, you know, we'll throw out. We went and saw it. We know what's going on. And we'll leave it at there so that we don't ruin our future plans. And along with that, remember to go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash fried squirms. At the very lowest level, you could have been listening to this last week. Dude, hell yeah. Up at those higher levels, we've started doing some Patreon-only shit. Here as we can start going back through our old catalog watch some of these movies we haven't seen in fucking six years, years now. Yeah. See how maybe our opinions have changed as uh, we've gotten a little bit better at watching. We have gotten better at watching movies. That sounds that weird. Sounds, yeah, exactly. But no, there's, a, a we at least feel like there. we've gotten better at it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe do my weed lenses, but yeah, I, I do feel that. That's been super fun so far. We've got an amazing fucking stretch yeah, coming up. Do. So, Please go check that out, patreon.com slash fried squirms. Remember, and then up at the top level, you get access to the Discord. You could be fucking chatting with us right now, asking us questions about this shit. We'll we'll include it in the episode. We'll talk about it. We'll be like, yo, this person just was like, why do you guys suck so much? (laughs) (laughs) Why you smoke so much weed? Like, you know, it's what we do. Patreon.com slash fried squirms. And with that, I say we get to the guts and bolts of Willy's Wonderland. Man, this is another one of those times where bolts actually make sense. Guts and bolts. All right, guts and bolts. Who and what went into Willy's Wonderland? 
spoiler-free to start. We'll get to the spoilers later. Start off with your spoiler-free setup of the movie in case you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when I bring up Willy's Wonderland. Nick Cage gets conned into cleaning up a shitty-ass Chuck E. Cheese overnight so that he can get his car fixed, and animatronics come to life. Like, that's not a spoiler. That's all over. Like, that's the premise of this movie, so... Yeah, I mean, shit's on the poster. Yeah. So, that shit happens, <laughs> and that's the premise. Nick Cage fighting knockoff Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. I'm not going to argue with you there. All right, so of course we like to talk about the cast and crew from week to week, and this week we have director Kevin Lewis, and this is a gentleman known for a couple of different projects, uh, starting off with the film The Method. He's also known for the film Malibu Spring Break. and Wait, So he's the method man? <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> and he's also known for the film called The Drop. All right, we have writer Geo Parsons. Now, the only other thing of note from this gentleman, he actually helped on an episode of Shark Week back in 2011, but that was on Killer Sharks, and the episode was The Attacks of Black December. All right, cinematographer on this was David Newbert. He's known for Martha Girl 1 and 2. He's also known for the films Boomtown, Little film we've kind of thrown the idea around for, uh, interestingly enough, Veronica. Mm. Yeah, he's also the DP on the games called Murder. All right, editor on this is Ryan Liebert. I'd almost forgotten about Veronica. We do need to get to that. I know, it's so funny. I was like, oh boy, now I know who the DP is. All right, editor on this is Ryan Liebert, a gentleman known for the films Boomtown, and then there was Eve and the film Murder in the Woods. Music was composed by Imwa. He's known for the shorts Ups and Downs. He's also known for the short Court in the film The Accursed. All right, special effects was done by Soda FX. They helped with the makeup effects on this. Georgia's special effects in Base FX helped with the visual effects. This was produced by Nicolas Cage, Grant Kramer, Jeremy Davis, David Ozer, and Brian Lord. Production companies on this were JD Entertainment, Landafar Entertainment, Landmark Studio Group, and Saturn Films. The distributor was Screen Media Films for the 2021 United States, and this was for all media. Release date on this was February 12th, 2021. Had a release here in the States, I think several other countries for the VOD, Internet. The budget on this was an estimated $5 million. Now, because of uh, the Rona, it had a very, very limited run. It had Intentions of having like a worldwide release. So with that being said, don't really go by those numbers. It made about four hundred fifty-seven k, you know, on its limited run. So, but the tagline I have for this, there was a couple. One on the poster that I pulled was, "Twenty twenty isn't over yet, kids." Which once again, it got dropped in twenty twenty one. It was supposed to be dropped the day before Halloween twenty twenty, when it got pushed because of the Rona. They're like, fuck it, that's becoming the tagline. <laughs> so it makes a lot of sense. Okay, so with that, going into our cast, I'm going to lead off with somebody you've already mentioned, but that is Nick Cage, where he plays the role of the janitor in this film. Now, we talked about Mr. Cage back on 187 when we talked about Color Out of Space, and along with that, we talked about a lot of his films. Not that we have to necessarily get back in depth with those, but... Probably one of the earliest films I can remember him, and this goes back to my early, like, you know, watching TV and movies and all that stuff, was uh, actually a Coen Brothers film, Raising mm. Arizona. Still arguably my favorite Nick Cage film. 
But uh, a few other things of note, I suppose, are like Moonstruck, Wild at Heart, you know, I don't know, Con Air, The Rock, Face Off, Gone in 60 Seconds. Before too long, we are going to fucking do Mandy on here. I know, man. We, we, we've been trying. Trust us. We've been trying. It's going to happen. We're trying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think a lot of people, I don't know, I won't say a lot, but that's kind of subjective, but... He was in the Wicker Man remake. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I don't know how many, I don't know what a lot is. I don't know how to quantify a lot. But uh, Ghost Rider, he was in the National Treasure films. Adaptation, another good film. Ghost Rider, I know you guys have been talking about that. Dude, I was about to say, I've been watching a shit ton of Nick Cage lately just because one of the other podcasts I do, we just got done talking about Ghost Rider. If you guys are into nerdy shit, go check out New Byland. Or general nerdery, but New Island is what we were doing Ghost Rider shit on. So, yeah. watched uh, both of those films back to back in the past month. I've heard about that. <laughs> That's really cool. So, nothing else. I'd give some of our audience listeners a chance to listen to some of your guys' takes on that. Maybe just a few other things of note more recently. I suppose he was in the film Pig from last year. He was also in Spider Man into the Spider Verse back in 2018. He was in Kick Ass. He was in the film Joe. You've already mentioned Mandy. So, just a few films of note there. All right, moving forward, we've got Emily Tosta, or Tosta. She plays the role of Liv Hawthorne. A few things of note from her, she was in, or she still is, I think, in Mayan's MC, the television series, mm-hmm. right? Started back in 2018. All right, she was also a part of Party of Five television series back in 2020. All right, we have Beth Grant. She plays the role of Sheriff Eloise Lund, a really interesting actress for several different reasons. Like she's been in fucking everything. That's like, I was actually asked on Saturday, so for our listeners, just a few days ago, for, for us in studio, but a few days ago, I was asked if I ever watched Donnie Darko. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> but I'll always remember her because she was like the very frantic cheer mom. Mm-hmm. She was, yeah, you know what I mean? She's always panicky and shit. But uh, a few other things of note from her, she was um, the mother at the farmhouse in Rain Man back in 1988. She played Miss Kettlewell in Child's Play Part 2. She was also Helen in Speed back in 1994. She was in Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar as Loretta. So I had seen her in so many fucking things. I was so excited to see her when she popped up in this. Uh, But as I started looking through her filmography, trying to think, like, what do I know her best from? Because there's something, like, there was a look of hers that just stuck in my head. And I kept just, like, looking through, and I'm like, was it this one? No. Was it this one? No. It's because she's fucking Dwight Schrute's date in the dinner party episode of The Office. Wow. That's a hell of a one. (laughs) That's pretty funny, but I mean, kind of makes sense. (laughs) Like I said, she's been in some really cool films. I mean, she was in Dr. Doolittle. She was in A Time to Kill, City Slickers 2, Matchstick Men, Little Miss Sunshine, Southland Tells. Yeah, she's been in a lot of cool stuff, man. So check it out. She's been in a lot of television just as well. All right, along with that, I'm going to start getting into this. All right, we have David Sheftel. He plays the role of Deputy Evan Olson. A few things of note from him. This guy's been in the film's Local Color. He was also in Show Me What You Got. As far as television goes, he was a part of the Young and the Restless uh, television series for, I don't know, a couple episodes. Voiced several different characters in Family Guy, from 2018 through 2019 for 21 episodes, along with American Dad for 20 episodes as well. So some pretty cool things of note there. All right, moving forward, we've got Rick Wright to play as a role of Tex Makadu. And a few things of note from him, 
He was in Problem Child Part 2 as a health official. He was in Love Potion Number 9, for those who go way back with that. <laughs> Just kind of funny. He was in a few episodes of The Creek, and I'm talking about Dawson's Creek. Oh, shit. <laughs> he played Bob for two episodes back in 1998. He was in Remember the Titans. He was a reporter in that. He was in Juana Man. He was in Mr. 3000, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Some pretty cool stuff there. Some television, he was in The Vampire Diaries, stuff like that. He was in The Three Stooges, which is really neat. So, yeah, some pretty cool things been out there. All right. We have Chris Warner plays the role of Jed Love. He's the tow truck driver in this film. Okay. Uh, a few things I've known from him. Actually, it's a film I've brought up. No, I don't like here on the show, but it's just in passing. For people who like like independent, I suppose, stoner comedies, he's in a film called Rolling Kansas that I would highly recommend. Pretty funny movie, kind of low-key funny movie. Uh, he was in Sin City back in 2005, Idiocracy back in 2006, Friday Night Lights. He was also in No Country for Old Men, Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo. I'm talking about stoner comedy. Shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was in Machete as a hospital security guard. This is really dick cool. meat sandwich. Um, Cock meat sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, this make me sick thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got Kaylee Cowan plays the role of Kathy Barnes. A few things of note from her. Let's see, she was in Sunrise in Heaven from 2019. You she don't was, say, considering her fucking Wikipedia. I know, just, it's so funny. It redirects to that fucking... That's what's like, this is so funny. But uh, she was also in a film entitled Frank and Penelope, which came out actually this year. She was also in Spinning Gold from this year as well. So she's got a, a couple of different upcoming projects that are coming out. All right, we've got... Grant Kramer, who I mentioned earlier, who is a producer. Now, this is interesting because we've actually talked about him before. And I'm talking about way back. I wish I could remember which episode. I should have written it down. But he was one of the leads, if not the oh, lead, in, in Killer, Killer Clowns. Clowns. Right. As uh, I think his name is Tom Tobacco or something like that in the, the movie. So I was like, damn, that was wild, man. But if you look at his like producer roles, a lot of action films, a few comedies sprinkled in, but mostly action films. It's kind of funny, but... Yeah, it's kind of neat seeing him in this. He plays the role of Jerry Robert Willis, who's a character they mentioned briefly in some expo. Mm -hmm. All right. There's a lot of other people who are in this, mostly, like I said, some, some of the friends, some of the animatronic actors and stuff like that. So there's some physical actors, there's some voice actors, things of that nature. We'd be here a lot longer. Um, I don't want to, like, really get into all that because I don't think we have the time. But anywho, that pretty much rounds out our main cast well, so, man a couple of them I can't even think of when they fucking talked that's what I'm saying so it's just kind of like no discredit it's just like say it's just a laundry list of people we'd be here all day oh uh, let's see so that gets us to warnings so there's blood and violence but like the blood and gore is kind of cheesy it's interesting because it's mostly like the violence uh, fluid. is... Uh, it's like hydraulic fluid. Right. I was about to say, the violence is actually super fucking brutal. Right. But, but whenever they go brutal, it's on <laughs> animatronics. And whenever it's on humans, it's kind of cheese. Yes. Which, we'll definitely talk about that. But So it's there, but it's kind of blunted? And not like we're going to get blunted. No, that's a different type of blunted, but you know. <laughs> but I mean, technically, it's pretty fucking violent at times, and... There's a few sexual moments, but nothing mm -hmm. too extreme. I mean, there's, you know, simulated sex. Mm -hmm. I mean, there must be a little bit of cussing, but I yeah, don't remember too much. Yeah, but not much. much. 
Um, it's mostly from the sheriff, believe it or not. There, okay, um, slight spoilers, but there is some satanic imagery. Right, I mean, out of context, it's going to be hard to know what we mean by that, but yeah, there is. And I, I technically also hmm. like violence towards children, but you don't say, yeah. see too much of it. It's more no. just talked about. It's intimated and implied. I want to say implied because it's it happened. You, you it. see that, <laughs> you know, touch. Yeah, I mean, like family murders and stuff like that, right? Which involves children, so yeah. I guess that's it. Like, I mean, it's murders going off at a fucking Chuck E. Cheese, basically. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's everything that would entail. Let's get past that. Let's find out how Willy's Wonderland made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, Willy's Wonderland, because we need to get a, some fucking cage in our lives again, I think. I don't know. Like I said, I've been, I've been doing a lot of Nick Cage lately, apparently, so. You know what they say, despite all our rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, so I wasn't quite sure what, uh, what, like, I didn't have any preconceived notions, I guess, of how this necessarily was going to be, other than it was going to kind of be Five Nights at Freddy's the movie. Yeah. I and did. it's not but it is. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Which is clever in its own right. I remembered seeing some previews for this when it first, you know, was getting some buzz. And then our friend Steven, who's, you know, he's been a part of the mm -hmm. show, he's part of the network and all that good stuff. He had mentioned it to I me, mean, just kind of in passing. We, mm -hmm. I think we had talked about Mandy and um, probably Prisoners of the Ghost Land and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, watch Willie's Wonderland. It's kind of cool, kind of interesting, you know. He was curious on our take, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't give you it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But coincidentally enough, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, maybe we six weeks ago. We saw it on ago, some list, didn't we? I, possibly. I think so. It, I know it pops up on listicles. I was about to say, we look up listicles a lot <laughs> just to give us good ideas of like, oh, shit, I guess we have forgotten to do that. and like, Yeah, it's just little friendly reminders, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to one of my nephews because... He and my other nephews happened to play Five Nights at Freddy's, and it's like, well, there's a film you probably could watch that's similar to, you know. I was letting him know about it, told my sister, and she's like, yeah, he can watch it, it's cool. And, uh, yeah, he liked it. And so I was like, well, let me check it out, so that way it gives me some more stuff to talk about with him. So mm -hmm. anyway, I started in on it, but never finished it until this weekend. So, yeah, that's my experience with it. Yeah, I mean, I swear we saw it on some listicle, and I'm trying to remember sure what it have. was. I remember the listicle made it out to be a lot gorier than it is. Which that's what I remember. That tends to happen. <laughs> that's what I do remember. But I was just like, yeah, and then you brought up that Steven had brought it up, and I, I think we had mentioned it at some point anyway, just because talking about Nick Cage and his, right. you know, all the shit that we've seen and, like, how we were hoping Prisoners of the Ghostland was going to be a little bit more horror than it was. Right, right, right. And, you know... It was so still, still a great movie. Right. But it was Sono, so we know it was going to be a little out there. Mm -hmm. yeah, Bill Mosley. I hoped he was going to have a bigger part than he did, but right. he did a good job in what he was there for. He always does. So. Anyway. Man, I fucking dug this movie. No, it's a fun film. It's a lot more entertaining than I thought I was going to get out of it. Right? There's a lot more entertainment. I'm not saying it's a great film, but I'm just saying it's a lot better than I probably, like... Not that I have a bias, like, going into mm -hmm. it, but I was like, ah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of like that, we'll see. And I was like, you know, this is not bad, man. This is actually pretty decent. There's a This one, I feel like a lot of people 
would be able to, to watch it. You know, like it reaches out to a wider audience, mm-hmm. even though, like I so said, there's some violence and some other suggestive stuff. It's, it's not that bad. No. I think why I ended up liking it was because, to me, there ends up being kind of like two weird layers to the humor in it. Mm-hmm. Because there's the obvious layer where it's just kind of absurd. It's the premise of the movie. It's Nick Cage fighting animatronics. Right. That's like, already crazy. Everybody in the crazy. world has at least heard of fucking Five Nights at Freddy's. So, so like you, that's immediately what you think of when you see some of this shit. Can't help it. And then it, that's not what the movie is. It's and not. Cage's character is... We'll talk more about his character. But, like, there's just weird shit they did where it almost had me laughing more than the absurdity. Yeah. Like, they use Overcrank for his cleaning. Yeah. It's funny. And we've talked about this sort of shit before. Like, sometimes this shit doesn't have to mean certain things. Like, just because you use a certain film technique doesn't necessarily mean you're using it to mean something. Right. And the overcranking is just a nice stylistic way to make that time pass and show us what he's doing. Right, and that's fair. But that's not how it's usually used in horror movies. That's true. That's true. It's usually used for, like, I don't know, like, fucked up, like, ghost fucking possession, head shaking Mm -hmm. shit, and, like, weird, creepy moving across the room shit, and, like... Right, it's to, to like, amplify, uh, I don't know, a message or a tone or mood or, you know, things of that nature. And so if you're you're overcranking him just cleaning the place, and then you combine that with his attitude towards the fact that all of this shit is going on in the first place, which is, he doesn't care. It's just like it's part of the fucking job. Right. It's kind of, you mentioned it in, in, a, in a funny way. It's You said it, it was lifted out of something. I can't remember exactly what, right off the top of my head, but it was like, yeah. Oh, no, no. It was a Street Fighter, Raul. Well, Julio's character is in right. Bison. He's like, yeah, that's just a Tuesday. This is just a Tuesday. <laughs> for, yeah. <laughs> for you, the day that M. Bison graced your, your village. It was the most. <laughs> um, that's fucking exactly it. And that just that just continues to build upon it. And I was it's just so like, this awesome. is fucking hilarious. Like, exactly. You're kind of treating the dirt like it's the threat more than these. that's what's funny about it so much attention getting the job done (laughs) like it's it becomes absurd but that's the whole point and it you know what like even though it is just kind of five nights at freddy's it's still a good idea that has not been done enough because any place with animatronics is fucking creepy right and it's not a concept that is out of the imagination of most people who are familiar with a Chuck E. Cheese or something similar, you know, any kind of like family themed restaurant or birthday joint or whatever has some kind of, um, you know, idea of (laughs) this kind of shit, you know, the dangers that could be present. I told the story before, like one of the movies that has scared me most in my entire life was child's play, but it wasn't because I saw child's play. It's because I heard my cousins talking about it. And every time they said Chucky, I assumed they meant Chuck Chucky e. Cheese. Yeah. So my nightmares were of the fucking animatronics. That is hilarious. I mean, you know, in a, in a sense, like in, you know, in that sense, it's just like, but that's where your mind went. Yeah, and like, and like he like teamed up with fucking Grimace from like 
yeah. McDonald's and shit, and like that shit was fucking terrifying. Well, you know, some would say they they might have been colluding. Maybe not mm-hmm. in that sense, but <laughs> anywho, yeah. And no, 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 you're saying this, it's interesting because something I picked up on, not that it's you know, it's not that it's not obvious, is the fact that these guys and probably a lot of the people involved with this were influenced by. Films like that, either late 80s, early 90s horror films, like mm-hmm. Child's Play is pretty much the impetus for how these animatronics became possessed in the first place. Well, and that's the other thing that adds to that second more subtle layer of humor to this is because in some ways this movie feels like a very subtle slasher deconstruction. Yeah. We have sure. a supernatural slasher like a Mike Myers or a fucking Freddy Krueger. And instead, it's these animatronics who we learn are supernatural, <laughs> kind of. Right. And I, yes, you could say yes. Kind of. Yeah, doesn't mean yeah. <laughs> technically, yeah. But it's like, what happens if they run into a victim that just isn't scared? Is like, oh, this is just something I have to deal with. He really is, like, an anti-hero. He doesn't really give a fuck either way. Yeah, and not an anti-hero as in he's a bad guy. No, that, no, no. Like, just, it's just that he doesn't give a fuck. He's not right. trying to be a hero. He's just trying to do his job. Like like we were just mentioning earlier, this is just another day for him. He doesn't give a shit either way. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also not going to, like said, lay down. He's just... He's just like, oh, okay. All right, this is... I got animatronics against, attacking right. me. I guess that's that's what we're doing now. I'm going to take out the fucking trash. <laughs> as silly as it is, I still like how he has consistency in his breaks. Like his, I mean, he's like literal breaks when his okay, watch so, goes off. <laughs> let's talk about this. So they never say it, but you so put funny. together all of his everything from throughout this movie. And Nick Cage's character is somewhere on the spectrum. Absolutely. <laughs> be hard to argue against it. It really would be. I'm just, not saying you can't. I'm just saying it's hard to argue against it. And maybe it's not the best representation. No. But, but I don't I don't know well enough to gauge it one way or another. Did you say cage it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking, but I know you You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not trying to say, oh, this is like he's obviously like no, I don't no, no. I don't know for sure. But I know once again, shorthand <laughs> You know, for the way that film and TV That's a solid usually point, portray this sort of thing. I was going to say, yeah, because it's there's a, there's a lot of argument for it. So we keep just saying that, like, this is just another day for him. We kind of have to assume, because Nick Cage's character doesn't say a single fucking line in this entire movie. No, and from what I understand, that was the whole, well, it's the whole, but that was a big selling point for him. He was supposed to say one line, and he's like, nah, we're, we're cutting that. Right, it's like, yeah. What would be the point if, if the entire? Because then he's film... just Silent Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know how Kevin Smith gets out of this movie. He fucking sucks the dick of all the animatronics. Would have to like line me up like a circus seal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no big deal. And say what a lovely tea party, and then be about our merry business. So, but he didn't, you know. That's but okay. he kind of just like he obviously has feelings about the situation. Mm-hmm. But he's not really good at communicating. Like I said, he doesn't say anything. He kind of lets himself be bullied into doing this. But he also has his own little ticks and quirks where, like you said, he takes his breaks. 
Which makes me wonder a little bit. He gets bit. like ten minutes. He gets like five minutes it's, every two hours. But he does it. But he does He's it on time. Crushes his punch. Yeah, he has his caffeinated I was say punch soda. soda. But it's, punch. <laughs> it's caffeinated though. It is. Certainly is. He's and, either working on or in the the midst of playing the pinball machine, which mm-hmm. he's, he's a pinball wizard. Just saying, yeah. Uh, kind of to what you were saying earlier. He's kind of just like, he's got to be clean after he gets all the fucking oil and shit on himself. There's, I like that, too, where he's he, changing his shirt and stuff. He he's cleans himself clean. shit up. Yeah, the the changing the shirt thing, I was like, man, I just had to train somebody at work the other day and go through, change your apron if it becomes excessively soiled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's the same fucking thing. Look, your shit becomes excessively soiled. Yeah. You're an employee. You got to look good. Out, yeah. You got to go change into the, the clean shit. <laughs> I mean, of course, his was the extreme version of that, but nonetheless. But it, it's not even the, just the shirt, though, because he's sitting there scrubbing no, all the oil off his fingers. All of it, yes. And he's being very meticulous about it. Yeah. <laughs> Down to the the fine grain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's something going on. Which I like. I like. I think that's a clever little, you know, like um, adding to the character where it doesn't need it, but it gives him a little bit more character. Once again, it's also the sort of the weird thing where... A quirk, if you will, too. But it also kind of just makes him like a living video game protagonist still. Yeah, which I really like that. It, it, it's comic bookish too, in that sense. He's not like... He's not necessarily like the protagonist in Five Nights at Freddy's. No. But think about... What about like Claude Speed from GTA 3? Mm. He never talked or anything. That's a good point. Perhaps. <laughs> I, that would be a, a fucking crazy pull, wouldn't it? He's like, yeah, that's it. A, turns that out that, that he was, was just it. Claude Speed. <laughs> and that's why he's got the fucking dope-ass car like, and shit. Damn it. <laughs> found me out. <laughs> but perhaps, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he is uh, a gamer. Because that's the thing. Like, So I played a very tiny bit of Five Nights. Horror games get to me. I couldn't do that shit for that long. Fuck y'all. Like, I, nope. But that's different. Like you're just trying to like switch the monitors and keep them. From it's like red light. It's like red light, green light. Basically, yeah. You're switching through monitors and keeping them from getting to you. Right, and that's you're right. You're right. You're that's not this movie. Moving. No, not even close. They're coming at him, and he's just like, "All right, fuck it. All I'm right, going to fuck your world up." <laughs> yeah, and he does, <laughs> which is awesome. That's the fun part. Is like he be. It's. A little bit toned down. When I say a little mm. bit toned down, is like, you know, it's not all the way toned down version of Nick Cage, but it's not as ramped up as he is in Mandy. No. But it's it has a little bit of it. A little bit. At least you get some <laughs> some moments of that, which I enjoy. And because it's on animatronics, it's like, okay, he can get away with being a little bit extra. The setup was super obvious. It might as well have been lifted out of fucking anything. Tale as old as time. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of shit. You know, I was just, I, for a second, I was like, they're going to Texas chainsaw this opening? <laughs> Basically. Because it's, mm. now it is, it was a bit surprising. Hells have eyes. Blow yeah. the fire out. Hells have eyes. It was a bit surprising to find out that the entire town's in on it. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I kind of like that too. I gave it. It sounds like not many people are actually involved, involved, but everyone was like, aware. No, we're gonna we're gonna say this is okay so that we don't keep getting offed. 
you know, that's for a film that has no <laughs> intent of even answering that question of, <laughs> you know, the morality or ethics of it. It's present, but it's that's mm-hmm. not the point. You know, it's it is. It's it's a question of uh, do it. Do we either let this shit spread into our town or do we bring uh, outsiders in and just feed them, keep them sated? And so actually, I'm going to. Like, the weakest part of this movie to me was probably, like, the first ten minutes because the setup was super obvious. Right. Like I said, it's Hills Have Eyes. It's yeah, it's fucking, not something you haven't seen before. Yeah, it's like, okay, what's... House of a Thousand Corpses. What, yeah, what, what's the catch? What's the catch here? And then here's the other thing. The first couple things that they try to do really creepy with the animatronics, it's hard to make animatronics in the background moving be creepy when that's the selling point of the movie. Yeah. No, you're right, because you already know that's the... What that's the, the point is if that's the that's point, the point. You want to call it. they're yeah. all over like the fact that they move and they're dangerous is all over the fucking posters it's all over the marketing yeah it's not a mystery so like when he goes in and they're just being creepy in the background when he's not seeing it's not creepy no it's not it's, it's creepy not. if we don't know they're going to do that yeah because then you're like what the fuck was that but that's What's... all of the fucking marketing so yeah and that kind of I won't say ruin it doesn't ruin it I don't think but it does give away the surprise. Yeah. You know, if, if that's what you're going in not knowing, you know, like if you don't know anything about this film, that's one thing. But if you've seen the trailer and shit and the poster, yeah, no, no, no. No surprise. Now, obviously, it's all just a setup and he's intended to be a sacrifice anyway. But I am curious if they were playing it straight. Is he really expected to clean that entire fucking place in one night? Or is it just as much as he can get done in a night? That's a good point. <laughs> That's a solid point. I started asking myself that the second time through, and I was looking at some of that mess. So I was like, "Well, it's objective. Like, what's a thousand dollars worth of mess and cleanup worth to you? Like, right? How do you quantify it? That would be my first question. <laughs> like, how exactly? How much time is a thousand dollars worth of repair work at this joint if it's one night?" Yeah, are you saying me getting this done is worth a thousand dollars? Are you saying me working what, for a night is worth $1, basically $1, like what is this contingent on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like I need to. That's what I said when I tell people. It's like I need to know the specifics. I'll just throw a a broad term or you know a broad statement out. Because man, you spend fucking half the night just scrubbing that graffiti off those fucking bathroom doors. I mean, hell, I would just pick a spot and just <laughs> clean that if you know if it didn't matter. Right. But I was also just sitting there like. Because you know that this weekend I was getting down on some power wash simulator. Yeah, like, that I was pretty take funny. Some fucking power wash this motherfucker. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that place was grimy. Now here is something that came across my mind. Strangely though, it was just as clean as when they were throwing birthday parties there. <laughs> All right, I, I think I know the answer, but I think it's just interesting the way they do this, and it has a lot to do with editing, mm-hmm. and of course how it's filmed in sequence or out of sequence is. When you see Nick Cage cleaning, it's like, damn, he spent a lot of time cleaning in this film. But here's the, here's the thing. Here's the catch. Is I feel like what they did was is they shot like a room before they went in there and tagged it up. Oh. And just got him like, hey, man, just we just need you to like hit this spot for a few seconds, hit that spot. Just get them a couple spots. Then they'll go in and probably tag the shit out of it, just have their crew fuck it up, mm-hmm. whatever, you know. And then have them go back in for insert shots. And I'm like, that's fucking clever because, you know, the mind's not thinking that. You know, when you're watching it, it's like, oh, man, he's cleaning. He's cleaning a lot. Well, he got paid to clean. 
basically. But I'm like, not no, fuck no. He's like, are you kidding me? No, bro. He was getting so much done in the night. I was like, I need to fuck with his rig and set him up so he can come in and clean my apartment sometime. Like, fuck that. He'll get that shit done in like two hours. I'm I good know. to go. Shit. I mean, at least I can give him, like, dude, I'll buy you a 24 pack of whatever punch you're drinking. Yeah. Supply whatever smokes you're smoking, whatever, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll fucking set up some pinball. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Take him down to the guild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, come on. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> so, no, the point being is, like, I just thought that was clever. I was like, that's part of the movie magic is tricking you into believing that he's doing something that he's really not. The kind of B-plot and where you actually get victims in this movie is the fact that some of the kids in town are finally fucking over it, and they're going to go burn yeah. the place down. And it's led by Liv, who... You then find out was the kid from the cold open. Right. That cold open, not going to lie... Also, one of the weaker parts of the movie. It was kind of dumb as shit. Right. And it felt super, like, just be campy, just not, doesn't look good. It's no. Like, Oof. I hope it's not going to be like this the rest of the film. I know. That's why I didn't even bring it up. I was like, eh. I'm going to be honest. Like, that was kind of my initial reaction when I first watched it a few weeks back or, you know, started in on it. I was like, ooh, this is going to be bad if this is. But no, 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 it progressively gets better. Yeah, like the first 10 minutes is the worst part of the movie. You yeah, get the you cold get open, that, you nothing. get the super generic setup, and then you get them trying to be creepy with the animatronics, even right. though you already know those fuckers move. And it doesn't really Then take it starts long. to get interesting. Right, it doesn't take long once he gets in and everything's established, like you were just saying, and then the first encounter that he gets... When Ozzy the Ostrich yeah. tries to come at him. <laughs> That's so good. That's good. I like it. I like it so much. It's like, yeah, if we're going to get this the rest of the film, I'm all in. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That was funny. Because <laughs> it's like, Ozzy's just like, kind of pecks at him and fucking gets his cheek and shit. And it's like, he's like, it's, right. like it's he's expecting him to run. And Nick Cage is like, yeah, fuck that. Whack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, nah, nah. Yeah, he does. He goes off. And it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. It's going to be like that. Now, in hindsight, doesn't he beat down Ozzy in front of the rest of them? Shouldn't the rest of them have a little bit better idea that he was just going to fight back? Because they he seem was. to keep being surprised throughout the movie. Yeah, that's starting to play around with, like, that gray matter. What I mean by that is, like, it, it's never brought up. It's never questions, never answered. So it's it's a lot of speculation at this point because that's where my mind's going. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, probably. But it's like, but they never really bring it up either. So I nah. don't know. <laughs> But, I mean, possibly. Well, I mean, I guess, so the gorilla doesn't really seem surprised that he's fighting back. Mm-mm. No, he, he was pretty much prodding him into it. That was a pretty good one. How that, was super, that was super fucked up how he fucking <laughs> Dude. finishes by fucking curbing him against the goddamn urinal. All right, now, a part of me wants to think that's a shout-out. Uh, um, American History yeah, X. Yeah, American History X. Another part of me is like... Ooh, I could be looked at as super racist. Yeah, I was kind of wondering. I was like, mm, that's kind of fucked up. Cause yeah, I mean, I'm not a, considering who, to, like considering the out. most famous film curbing in history. Yeah, come on, that's what that's kind of my point. On top of it, mm. you know, and then yeah, <laughs> and then the fact that you know it happens to be this character. <laughs> I don't think we have to go too much further than that, you know. You can do the rest. May, I'll have to do the math Might for be you. problematic, <laughs> but it was still fucking dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's why I think they can get away with it, because it's on an animatronic. Mm-hmm. 
and so therefore, or ergo, <laughs> it doesn't imply anything. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's beside the point. That's not the films of Taz is saying you can read into that shit. Man, you remember back in the day when we always used to have to smoke no clue? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh shit! How much THC is in it? That's no funny. clue. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, exactly. What's that? <laughs> no clue. <laughs> that's funny, but that's true. Let me ask you this: this <laughs> this is more of like me just being silly again. But I don't know if you ever watched any of uh, what's his name was uh, Camille. Uh, it's like Nanjani. Uh, oh, Camille Nanjani. Yeah, he he had a special where he was talking about growing up in Pakistan, and he was talking about a birthday. And he's talking about how they were singing the happy birthday, like, happy birthday, happy birthday, do you? Yeah. yeah. But in this is like how it opens, like, hey, it's your birthday. I was like, oh, no, because this is what it made me think of. <laughs> he was saying shit like that. That's fucking funny. So, yeah, I just like, but something I, I didn't know, and it makes sense now, because Georgia is kind of, it's becoming a little bit of a hotbed for filmmaking because mm-hmm. of, you know, tax laws and all this shit. But... I was like, that's kind of neat how they set it up because it could be anywhere USA, but knowing it's down there in Georgia and shit, it's like that's kind of neat because then it it adds a whole another little another little layer of comedy with that stupid character Jed, the tow truck truck driver, where he gets a little like Boomhauer ish, the way he's like explaining and talking and just not letting, mm-hmm. well, not that he talks anyway, Nick Cage, right? But he just keeps on and on and on and just like okay, okay, guy. <laughs> you know, so it's like okay, but yeah. Aside from that, that sheriff character, what I, what I thought was interesting about her is, like I said, she took in Liv because that could have. It's like, what is their connection anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like an, it's not like a, a story we haven't seen before. What, what, what's the, what's the catch here? And then when she, when she does drop that knowledge, and it, yeah, how it becomes more of like a satanic cult, and then you find out. Some dude named, what was it, Jerry Robert Willis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking homeboy from Killer Clowns. <laughs> I'm like, that's fucking hilarious to begin with. But then it was like a place for him to, like, cultivate other serial killers. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, okay. And then once word got out and once people started catching on, they're like, nah, we're going to do this death cult thing, the satanic transfers of souls into these animatronics. <laughs> I was like, this shit is bonkers, right? Like, I like this. It's silly as fuck. Yeah. But because of our experience with film, I was like, yeah, that's child's play. Exactly. <laughs> it's better than child's play because... It's a whole group of people doing this shit. It's wild. <laughs> well, it's better than child's play in the fact that, like, I can beat the shit out of a little fucking doll. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about a full-size animatronic. Yeah, that's a little different, dude. Especially that supernatural bent. Mm-hmm. When you throw in the satanic stuff, that's already implying supernatural so yeah, I mean, there's dealing with some crazy shit here, dude. <laughs> but they don't explore but that. I, will I like stomp it. the fuck out of Chucky, but that's where. All right, this is a spoiler too because we're on the spoiler section. Because I see that there's, or I don't know if there was or is, however it is, talks about a, a another film, whether it's a prequel, sequel, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, it'd be kind of interesting if they explored this part of the film mm. with mm-hmm. this satanic cult. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they don't have to go full in depth, but I think there's something there with that because it's like that's kind of interesting, man. Although it's also just interesting. Like I said, this is kind of just weirdly a day in the life of this guy, and I'm wondering what he gets up to. Dude, 
that he doesn't even yeah. fucking bat an eye at this shit. He kind of just mean mugs tucks at text on the way out about it. So yeah, asshole. <laughs> yeah, this, that was completely unnecessary, but uh, it, it's still a fun film. I think that's the thing. It's like it, it doesn't have to be anything outside of just a fun film. And that's kind of what I took away from it. It's like the, the, I'm not, not that I'm done saying anything, but it's just like the way it's set up. It's like it's kind of simple, you know. You got. Nick Cage doesn't say shit, just there because, you know, we know the reasons. This other kid who we've, we've talked about, Liv, she, of course, has her reasons. Maybe one of the most on-the-nose names for a fucking final girl ever. Uh, yeah. Liv. Uh, hello. <laughs> yeah. And what made me think this when you were saying this about Cage's character and possibly beyond in the spectrum and stuff is because of that he's using a lot of like mannerisms and facial expressions and shit because that's something that she and he have in common in the film is mm-hmm. kind of their facial expressions and I'm wondering if that her fucking face her facial reactions when she just watches him fucking destroy who was it fucking nighty night uh, yeah and one of the other ones too. Probably she just alligator. sits there and just watches, like, "What the fuck? Who? Who is this guy?" Yeah, but that's what I was going to ask. Is, is we're well, not asked, but just bring up is because of her. I mean, she's got big eyes. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of obvious. But just the way that she just kind of has that stare too is like it makes me wonder if they did that on purpose. Like, okay, we've got a certain look that will match his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and so it kind of it's it's a good balance there between the two because you know they're both the final people in this film if you will but i just thought it was it was interesting because it's like for her it, you know she was going to be the final girl it's pretty obvious mm-hmm. it should have been obvious but i did like how um she's just bringing in her friends for the kill essentially and that's not her her intent but you have to keep the movie going we know this but but it still brings up, like I said, the, the fun side of the film for these kills because once her friends get picked off too, it, it kind of ramps it up a little bit as well. Some of the story, more of it gets revealed. It's the way that the animatronics get disposed of too become more creative. So it becomes a little bit more heightened, if you will. So, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. It's pretty fun. My question about this movie is, did the siren in fact fuck the fat kid? <laughs> <laughs> wanna, wanna fuck fatty? I'm like, well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty bold, but yeah, I mean, it's it's clever. Like, so the film itself is is pretty clever. Once again, I think it is kind of unfair in a sense, even though there's a lot of similarities to you know Five Nights at Freddy's. It's not Five Nights at Freddy's. It's more akin to just like you know the the, the question of what if these freaking animatronics came to life and you'd have to beat the shit out of them or, you know, defend yourself or your kids. It's more of that. And they heighten it or ratchet it up by like, hey, you know what else we could do? Let's take some of the um, the threat of child's play but because it's a fucking child's kid's doll. These are animatronics. It, it ratchets up the terror and the immediate threat, you know, even though it's within a vicinity. But they even talked about the fact that you know, the, the way they kept it at bay is because it was coming into their town. It would have spread outside had they not reined mm-hmm. it in. So it also, you know, throws into that question. So, 
Man, the town kind of just sucks, though. Like, these aren't that hard to take out. Like, no, Cage was a badass. I'm not sure if I could have took down some of these, but, like, you have, like, ten people show up with guns. Right. But we also have to call into question, how big was this town? Because it only seemed like it was as big as the cast. Oh, shit, right? <laughs> I know, right? So that's what I'm getting at. Like, I mean, town? Well, I feel like, uh, yeah. But when when they were talking about the rampage and shit, they made it seem like it's a town like the way people from big, big cities talk about towns in that it was probably still like at least like 20,000 people. Right. Until you actually see parts of it and you're like, is it three people? (laughs) (laughs) A thousand? No, like three people. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, I, I could be wrong. I could be reaching. But I think it's maybe imply like it's a ghost town, if you will. Like there's just a few people left over from all this shit. And like maybe the, it used to be bigger, right? And, then as and this because shit started of the, happening, the massacre, like, right? Yeah, it. Peace the, once business dried up, everybody went out outside. People left, except uh, for the people just still trying to keep it at bay. Like mm-hmm. the, the people who know the real threat. I suppose I don't. I'm applying a lot of shit here. <laughs> And like the true townies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, who knows? Maybe they, if they decide they want to do anything with this to follow it up, maybe that's something they can answer. Well, so here's the question. So we've said a few times, like, this is Five Nights at Freddy's, but it's not. It's not. Do you think it's still worth it, though, for the fact that Blumhouse is still threatening to do a Five Nights at Freddy's movie? I mean, I think they should do it for the fans. Don't do it because, oh, well, don't do it because, you know, this film's already done it, so we we shouldn't. It's like, that's, no, fuck that. Do it. You know, make it better. If if you want to, you know, test your merit, make it better. Mm-hmm. If you think you can. That's what I would do. I mean, that's me, though. D- do what they want. They, they usually throw $10 million at somewhere around that. So, <laughs> I'm not saying you can do a lot with $10 million. Even $5 million you can do a lot with. Yeah, what was the budget on this one? Uh, five, I believe. Five? Yeah. So I'm so saying the, five million is a pretty decent budget, and they did pretty decent with it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm saying it's great, but I'm also like, uh, that's probably a lot of them probably wouldn't cage. But um, I don't know. I don't know. It's not bad. I wonder how much interest there would still be, though, just because there would be people going like, yeah, but this already exists. And I, I mean, but like, so, like we but, said, it's different, but... The only because I'm trying to play at devil's advocate, I'm not trying to vouch for that or not, but I could care less, be honest. My point would be like if if I were to like bat for that film, I would say, well, people probably know about it because of Nick Cage, right? But how many people have actually seen it? It's only yeah. made four hundred fifty grand. And like I I'm like, I don't give a fuck whether or not it was limited run or not. That's not my point. It's like we can make that we're gonna double, triple that. Mm-hmm. We'll prove it. <laughs> That's what I would do, you know. So, but but like I said, what, regardless, I I know what you're saying because this already exists. So, um, is there really a need for it? Is there a need for an American inside or modders? Yeah. No, but they made it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yeah, like. Man, I appreciate what Blumhouse does, and I generally yeah. like their shit, but there's also only so far they push it. I agree. And knowing that, I just... Yeah, I don't think... I would have a hard it. time having a lot of interest in a Blumhouse Likewise. Five Nights at Freddy's. No. 
I feel like if they were to make it, it would probably be for the fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, because the fan base for this were probably like, this is not for the same reasons we're like, this is not, and they're like, yeah, this is not Five Nights at Freddy's either. For the it's same fun. reasons, yeah, it's fun. It's got a lot more violent, of course, but that's not what that is. No, you know what I kind of appreciated that all the kids did decide it was too much and tried to get out of there. It was just the roof gave way. Yeah, that was it. That was literally it. I was like, well, you know. I kind of liked that they actually made the smart decision. Like, you know what? Nah, this is too fucked Even up. Maybe smoking. we shouldn't do this. You know that? Yeah, I gave them credit there too. It was like post smoking. Now they were gonna, they were kind of gonna be assholes about it and leave their friend, but, but, you know, my argument was like, well, no one twisted their fucking arm either. Yeah, <laughs> this was on them. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, not sorry, but sorry. <laughs> but I kind of liked that they weren't just, they weren't that stupid. I mean, they were yeah. still pretty stupid. They were all too stupid to live. Fucking, oh yeah, dumbass that fucking got got by the chameleon. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> You can feel my goodness. Fuck off. Get out of here. I can't feel shit from you. Dude, that was such... A, but, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. Is this character was so like that to begin mm-hmm. with. I think they were just kind of playing into that, you know. I thought you were different. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a million, dummy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I said, the, the kills were decent. It did what it needed to do in order to be fun and still be interesting and... It's not like I haven't seen any of this before. It's just, it, it reminded me a lot of like just having a good time, like a fun film, you know? That's the whole point of this film is don't take it serious. It's not a serious film. Yeah. Agreed. I'm trying to think. Fuck. Just, man, I wish I would have wrote down more details about them, but almost every one of the fucking killing the animatronics was pretty fucking dope. Yeah. And I mean, some of them were a little bit like just running over the turtle at the end. Yeah. It was kind of funny, but. That was kind of lame compared to some of the earlier ones. Who was it? Um, but like ripping up the fucking alligator was dope. That was dope. Fucking up the bear. We already talked. Yeah, we talked about the gorilla. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the We talked about that. That was pretty wild. Um, what about the kid who got fucked up by the night? That was kind of an interesting way they pulled that off. I really fucking dug that scene. I was Be- like, that was I Got him. <laughs> he's like, he started with six and he's like, oh, oops, five. <laughs> Well, and the, all the lyrics to the fucking Six Little Chickens, too, all kind of applied to them. Right. Like, and that's what made it clever, if you will. But it had a purpose, and it served its purpose. And when they first walk into the room, the lights are still up just a little bit before the spotlight centers on yeah. Willie. And if you look, you can count and notice that the night's missing, even though he wasn't when they first came through. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's fun. I mean, like I said, it didn't blow me away or nothing like that, but... I still had fun with it. Um, second time through, it tuned out a little bit more, but, you know, there was parts where I was like, yeah, I want to tune in a little bit because I know it's, it's Cage, man. He's going to ratchet it up. Like, anybody can read this, but a part of the trivia, if you will, is he improvised that whole pinball, you know, dance oh, that yeah. he does. And it's like, well, of course he did. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's Cage, man. Nobody choreographed that. It's like, come that's on, man. That's just Cage. Yeah, and that's fun. That I do like the little detail in the pinball machine, too, because of if you're paying attention that you have to do a lot of it because it's pretty obvious but the more he cleans it the more it reveals the characters the animatronics from mm-hmm. the pin, you know from both from the in the pinball machine and out there on the floor so I was like that's kind of cool too you know they they had to fucking customize it for the film yeah in order to pull that off but yeah it's cool you can see some of the influences 
from these filmmakers and stuff like that. It just, like I said, reminded me of late 80s, early 90s. Makes sense knowing that Kramer's on this. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that makes sense. You got Nick Cage on this. He's having this resurgence, and there's already a feel for some of like that 80s synthy kind of, even the aesthetic too. Yo, the soundtrack was pretty dope for this. It was good. I said it, it followed the beats that were necessary, and I, I can't knock it for that. But like I say it was it was entertaining, and doing yeah. And I what I thought it was neat was how they did like sort of the creepy slowed down versions of the songs too, like how the Happy Birthday came back later when Cage got his axe kicked. And it's it's really cool. And then the guy who composed the music he he goes about the the emoi or whatever mm-hmm. emoi uh he purposely you know created theme music for each one of these characters and from what i understand too is he voiced willie the weasel mm-hmm. so yeah he incorporated his voice because you know i guess he wanted to do something akin to like what elfman does and stuff like that too so it's like okay that's kind of cool you know yeah i mean there's promise if these guys are this director or whatever his team decides that they want to do something akin. Reason I say that too is because the filmmaker himself said that he was influenced in part by Panos Cosmatos's Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh no shit! And we both know that he worked with you know mm-hmm. Panos. When I say he, Nick Cage worked with Panos on Mandy, so it makes sense because there's a, a when I say a little, a little stylistic feel to it that that's similar in tone and nature. I still have not watched Beyond the Black Rainbow. I need it's, to. I, it, I think it's more style over substance. Mm. I mean, the, the story is there, but it's, it doesn't really, it's, I don't know. Like I, said, I feel like it's more style, but it's still worth a watch. It, to me, it reminded me of more of like a student film. Okay. And it was showing its influence probably to like some of George Lucas's THX 1138, mm. that kind of sci-fi feel. Okay. Yeah, but... Set in the 80s, maybe late 70s, you know, that kind of aesthetic. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I still want to see it just to see it. But. No, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Mm-hmm. I promise you that. But yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't think I really have too much else to say on Willie's, though. Like, it was no. a lot of fun. It was kind of, I guess it was better than I was expecting, even though I didn't have much expectations for it. It was different. I'm not even sure if it was different than I was expecting because I knew it wasn't going to be just straight up Five Nights. Exactly. Yeah, I, I didn't know exactly what to expect. Mainly because I'm very limited in film of play with Five Nights at Freddy's and, you know. Oh, that's, I was going to bring, so I mentioned that I had played it a very little bit earlier. I've actually watched it be played quite a bit because this chick I was going with at one point back when it first came out Mm -hmm. used to play the shit out of it. So, like, I would hang out with her and she'd, like, be like, like, watch it over her shoulder and shit. And, like, I just can't do that shit myself. Like. No, understandable. But I've actually, like, seen the game played a fucking shit ton, which was why I was like, oh, yeah, so this isn't it at all. <laughs> I was actually talking about this um, over the weekend once again. When I was down in South Carolina, one of my nephews, for his birthday, he got an Oculus, and Five Nights at Freddy's is on there, so I got to play it on, you know, on the headset, and it was really cool. So, you know, you get to see what it's like inside your little room, you know, your mm-hmm. little control room, whatever. So you get to, like... You get to see the, the four-way monitor, you know, a little split screen. But at the same time, you've got, like, inside the game, you've got these two doors that you have to kind of, like, keep your head on a swivel because they could come from either side. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to watch the monitor. So every now and then one of the monitors will go, you know, kind of static out. 
and you can kind of hear in your ear like little rumblings of where they're coming like, from. Motherfucker. Yeah, but there's ways where you can hit a switch, it'll close a door, but you got to remember too, it's like draining certain times that you, mm-hmm. you know, and so that means if you close one, the other one's open, that kind of stuff. Instead of just snapping your fucking mop in half and <laughs> going, going Abraham on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, it, but it, it's more of a strategy kind of game, mm-hmm. you know, on top of it being, I'm using air quotes, nobody can see that, but like a survival kind of thing, you know. So it, it ratches it up in that sense because you know the threat's coming. You just, you're trying to stop it at the same time. So it makes it fun. Mm-hmm. So we have the next two weeks picked, but we don't know the order yet. Do yeah, we? we don't know the order. We know the films. You know, let's just decide on an order. Let's go Wolf Cop first. Okay, that's that'll be fun. Yeah. So next week will be Wolf Cop. I haven't seen it yet. I'm excited. All right. Hey, nice. Oh yeah. I was. I almost watched it back when it dropped, and then I was like, I know that we're going to get to it before too long. No I'm worries. just going to save yeah. it. Well, here we are. <laughs> Wolf Cop next week. After that, Dracula Dead Dude, and Loving It. That's going to be so much fun. I'm excited for both of those. That's going to be great. But I guess for this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top, as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, The easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. You can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ats. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace.